Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. Welcome to Grilling at the Green After Hours, conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. We're talking with Jeff Wallach. His new book is Mr. Wizard. Jeff is a Portland boy like me. Now, he didn't start out here, but he finished up out here, so to speak. What's the toughest part of writing a book like this, Jeff? I mean, the the labor intensity. We talked about some of this stuff in the regular show, but it's got to be somewhat draining sometimes at the end of the day when you've kind of put everything you've got mentally and emotionally into a character. And then maybe the next day you go back, you read it and you say, God, I don't want that. You know, um, is that the hardest part? I find the hard work to be lopsided towards the end. Um, the work of figuring things out is for me always the fun part. And even if I, even if I do come in one day and go, Oh, that doesn't work. I got to start that part over the discovery of what needs to happen and how that characters are going to behave and how the themes tie together. That's, that's really the fun part. The hard part for me is the grueling edits at the end where every word has to be looked at so carefully so many times and every comma is reconsidered. And then you get to the point of fact checking and making sure that, Oh, if you said that it, it was, uh, you know, July 4th, 1974, and it was raining out, um, you got to go back and find out what was the weather like that day? Is this correct? Because if you don't figure it out, someone out there is going to figure it out and they're going to email you or call you and say, Hey, you, you didn't you didn't do this right. I know that's not true. So uh, that becomes really hard at the end. All, all of the all of the fine tuning, and then the hardest part of all, and I think anybody who writes will know this, is is finding an agent or a publisher who's going to sure. represent the work that you spent two or three years on. It's it's a tough gig. Uh, I can tell you that it's a tough gig. Even when I used to write for some magazines, and it was storytelling circled around food and events and stuff. And they were all, they were historical from my life, things that I had done, but it was still tough because like you said, I had to go back and look at things, whether it rained that day, whether it snowed that day and it was the middle of July. And that actually happened at an event I was at in Colorado, you know, and they, my luggage got lost and, <clears throat> I had some luggage. It looked like mine, exactly like mine, same brand, same everything. And I opened it up and there was samples from Victoria's Secret in there. Well, uh, it could have been worse. Could have been worse, but mine went to Guatemala or someplace, you know? And so uh, I was a little short on clothes for a few days because believe me, 
I wasn't looking good in any Victoria's Secret products. So, you know, it, it's it's a t tough, tough gig. Let's talk about golf for a little bit. Um, do you still follow golf on a regular basis? I know you get to play frequently, but you follow it like the rest of us yahoos? I follow it not at all. Really? Um, I followed it closely for such a long time. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of it as a spectator sport. Yeah. I'm a fan of it as a participant. And uh, yeah, so I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't name five guys on the tour right now. Fair enough. Because I got to tell you, sometimes, uh, well, here's a little Jeff secret, Jeff Tracy secret. Um, I have two or three guys I like on the tour. I like them all. I mean, they're all great golfers and stuff. But I'm a Tiger fan. I don't care so much what he did in his personal life. I'm glad he's made a comeback and all that. But you can almost feel the energy when Tiger plays through the television um, versus when it's just there's no Tiger or there's no Phil or anything like that. It's just guys out there grinding it out, doing a great job, turning in some great scores, winning a lot of money. And I, sometimes I can find that a little boring, actually. Yeah, I just finished watching that Michael Jordan uh, documentary on, I think it was on Netflix, and the same kind of thing. You know, th there was a personality that rallied interest in the game. Right. Um, partly from just the phenomenal ability and how much better he was than everyone else, but also through uh, sheer force of personality. And I, I think Tiger's a similar, uh, a similar person in that way and when he plays people people pay attention well they do and <clears throat> tiger's one of those kind of and i'm not being mean he's kind of a freak of nature in some uh aspects because uh when you watch him you know take a four iron from 225 yards and go over the trees around the outhouse behind the hot dog stand and he still ends up putting it you know six feet from the cup um, that's the stuff that always caught my imagination is like, wow, that is incredible. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a magician. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, does your family play golf with you, Jeff? My wife feels like the perfect round of golf is seven holes. Ah, okay. <laughs> so we'll go play. She'll usually quit after nine. But after seven, she's already thinking, are we almost back to the clubhouse yet? Yeah. yeah. And uh, she could be a pretty good player if, uh, if she were more interested in it. But uh, that's, that's, that's what works for her. Seven holes and she's off to do something else. Yeah. I always tell the story, and I know our listeners will get tired of this, but my wife has owned more sets of golf clubs than I have. And she doesn't play. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> She's had, well, we've been together for quite a while, but she's had in that time period, like five different sets of clubs. So that strategy is not working for not you. Not a lick because I've had two and, um, well, I ended up selling some of her clubs because she wasn't using them and she never asked. And then one day she said, Hey, what, you know, what happened to those, uh, those pings I had? <laughs> Why do you want to know? <laughs> so anyway, how tough is it? Well, let, let me rephrase that, Jeff. 
let me do it this way instead of doing it that way. What advice would you give to aspiring writers uh, other than telling them it's a tough gig? Yeah, I, I always like that question because I have an answer that I don't think most people will have heard from writers before. And that is, um, do it if you like it. And anytime you stop liking it, don't do it. And I think a lot of people have it in mind that I, I've got a book in me. I've got one book in me. I have a story to tell. And I think that's great. And I think it's true. And I think everybody does have something that's worth re relating in a book. And it's just a question of, is that the way you want to spend your time? Um, yeah. The first thing is, don't ever expect to make any money at it. That's, that's a terrible reason to pursue this career, even, even if that is your, your profession and your way of making a living. Um, and then, you know, also I was telling a friend of mine who's just started a book um, he doesn't know where it's going to go. He doesn't know anything about writing, but he's getting close to retirement. And he thought, I think this will be fun. And I said, you know, try and do it as often as you can. And if it stops being fun, there's no shame in just stopping and saying, hey, that wasn't for me. Right. No, I think that's very true. Um, I think the other thing that kind of, um, I don't know if you experienced this, but when my family or friends around and they need something written, everything from an obituary to a invitation to a community potluck, they come to me and say, can you write this for me? Right. Uh, you can do it. No, well, no. My answer, my answer is always, you write the first draft and then I'll help you with it. That's a good answer. I should think of that. Because I, I think people... Uh, see, see this as as a, a a sort of prestidigitation that has secrets and rituals and passwords and secret handshakes and really it's just something. What's so great about writing is that anybody can sit down and do it, and there's nobody to stop you, and there there are no absolute rules that have to be followed. The only real rule is if you want to be a writer, you have to write. That's true. And it's kind of parallels with golf too. You get better the more you do it. Exactly right. Yeah. I know that there's, yeah, there's no secret handshakes or anything like that. There is a lot of swearing at times. <laughs> I have to admit that at least on my part. And I know some of the writers that I, that I know they will, they will confirm that, put it that way. It, no it, argument here. Yeah. <laughs> If if you were going to write the great golf novel, what would you what would you do with it? Where would you take us with that? Wow, that's that's a hard question, Jeff. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, is Golf in the Kingdom the great golf novel? A lot of people would say yes. A lot of people would share your opinion that it's somewhat unreadable in certain ways. So I I don't know. For me, golf is more of a, a, a thread or a part of a story. Um, 
I'm not sure that that I would see it as the main focus of a book that I that I would write. But but I sure love to have it in everything that I do. There you go, uh, Jeff. I got to get out of here, and I thank you so much, folks. Again, the name of the book is Mister Wizard. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Jeff Wallach's website. You can find it on the Open Books website. And thank you for taking the time to be with me. It was great talking to you, Jeff. That was fun. Thanks. Take care. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Take care, everybody.